This episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast is brought to you by On Point Pomade. Keep your beard and hair looking on point with their line of pomades and beard oils over at onpointpomade.com. Use our code BSP15 at checkout and get 15% off your total purchase order. So thanks again to On Point Pomade for sponsoring our show. This episode is also sponsored by the Bean Bastard Coffee. Head over to thebeanbastard.com and pick up any one of their delicious hand-roasted coffees. Coffee lovers will also enjoy their hand-cut and handmade espresso candles and soaps as well. If you're in the Buffalo, New York area, head to their store located at 448 Elmwood Avenue. And thanks again to the Bean Bastard for supporting this show. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. With over 500,000 officially licensed items in their online store, you're guaranteed to find something you need. Use our code BRUTALLY and get 10% off your total purchase order. Now on to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John, and this episode's guest is the returning Maddie Mullins for a three-peat. Uh, this episode, though, is a little bit different from the other ones that we have done in the past. This isn't really us talking about new music necessarily or a tour. This is really just us kind of shooting the shit about uh, what we've been up to. Um, Maddie and I kind of dm each other often on instagram uh usually when he's posting about the delicious food he's cooking or just hanging out with the boys uh playing catch between their front yards uh and so forth and uh it's just that that's essentially what this is just kind of uh more or less the conversations we normally have now um you know kind of talking about home renovations both of which you know you know, he built a new studio in his house and just kind of, as you'll hear some of the, the headaches that went with that, uh, I believe when he was kind of going through that and painting different parts of his house and doing different stuff, I had just started repainting most of my house myself uh, and was just, you know, the struggles and the agony of just like, oh, it's so backbreaking and it just sucks and it doesn't feel like it's ever going to get done. It's just it's fun to uh, kind of talk about some of those things, the growing pains of getting older, as it were. Uh, so this is just a really fun, loose chat with Maddie, and uh, and I always love talking with him because it always just feels genuine. Um, sometimes you do these and you feel like the person's just ready to get on and doesn't care about what you're doing, but uh, I've always enjoyed every encounter I've ever had with Maddie. Anyone I know that's talked to Maddie uh, always you know, he gives you the one-on-one -on -one time. He really wants to kind of, you know, get to know you and stuff like that and uh, definitely appreciate it. And uh, speaking of appreciating, I'm going to appreciate a beer right now 
as you can hear me opening it. Uh, this is a Martin House uh, Saint Rita. It is a margarita sour with strawberries. Uh, I need to be a little more diligent uh, in drinking some of the beers that I've been getting. Uh, I recently had a friend who works at a brewery here in town and uh, got unloaded with a couple of flats of beer. And so I really need to start making some headway into that. So uh, I'm going to have a nice... Uh, dinner with some friends tonight, which actually correlates to part of the chat Maddie and I had. So I felt like it was necessary to kind of get into, uh, some of the camaraderie of sharing beverages, sharing meals, just camaraderie in general. So I'm going to take a first sip here. Wow. That really, it's funny. It doesn't taste like a sour in the sense of like a sour beer. It really does taste like someone just kind of had a a more soured margarita put into a, put into a can. Um, it is stupidly hot today. I think with the humidity and all that, uh, I think it's like 92 here in Michigan as I'm when I'm recording this and the humidity probably puts it well above that. Uh, I, <laughs> you just stand outside and you just instantly start sweating. So on a really hot day, this is, this is coming in clutch. So, uh, want to thank, uh, Martin house brewing, uh, for making a really delicious margarita beer. Uh, if you're around the area where you can get one, pick it up, try it, let me know what you think. And uh, let's get into my conversation with Maddie Mullins, and we'll talk to you on the other side of it. feel like it's actually good sometimes to kind of still be ensconced a little bit in the the new upcoming uh quote-unquote scene even if it's yeah. local to me like uh one of the other ones hollow front from here they are the opener the first of four or five i can't remember what the total package tour is but uh they're opening that uh we came as romans anniversary tour oh nice that'd be awesome so, I mean, good for them. You know, they obviously another Detroit or another Michigan band for them to that I'm sure they've met or known in some capacity. But it's one of those where it's like it's interesting to see it, you know, and it kind of reminds me of like when, you know, it was like Still Remains was getting signed from out here and like Haste the Day was getting signed out of indie, And like, you know, there was kind of this collection of bands that were kind of bro bands they all toured together you, they got to know each other they all got signed to different labels and then you know through you know just touring with other bands you know obviously help each other like um you know like the haste today dudes might tour with someone and be like oh you know like yeah we toured with them a while ago they're good dudes you're gonna have a good time hanging out with them and stuff like that and just kind of nice. seeing the 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 turnover i guess for lack of a better term of uh of of the heavy music scene um yeah yeah and it's one of those to me where it's like, I feel like it's kind of interesting then having, you know, now getting to talk to you or it's like, you know, you guys are uh, over at least over a decade at what, 15 years uh, at this point into the, the career of the band. Yeah. Yeah. Since, since the band like actually started um, and I guess probably touring for the last 12, 13, something like that. Um, but yeah, man, it's been a, been a minute. It's crazy. So, I mean, like, I feel like that's, that's kind of the, the fun thing with this is like, I feel like, you know, the one thing that's been fun about talking with you and, and, you know, like we'll talk about the new single, but obviously there's, there's so much more to talk about that. We'll probably get to talk about when the record's closer to coming out or is out or whatever. But totally. with you, like, I just, I enjoy talking to you cause you always, you you do so many things that like, it's always fun and motivating to, to 
kind of be a follower for lack of a better term of what you're doing and be like, all right, man, Maddie's like up in his grilling game. He's uh, up in his home improvement game. He uh, has the studio you just built uh, behind you that now is the home for pre-production for the band and kind of being able to keep things probably cost down for pre-pro. And uh, maybe even if you're recording, you know, potentially there as well, that you are able to just kind of uh, do a lot of things and kind of grow as a person uh, and professionally. So it's yeah. uh, it's always fun talking to you about whatever you're getting involved in because it's uh you just do so many things and do it well. I mean, I appreciate that. Yeah, we actually all the vocals for the new Memphis stuff were cut here in, in my okay. studio. So um, at first we just kind of were doing pre-pro. And then once I built out the booth um, at that point, then we like really started, you know, using this quite a bit. So um, so, yeah, man, it's it's been great. It's been a blessing to have it right here at home. And, you know, when you tour a lot going to another city to do a record is tough um, because you're already gone so much and, and you're away from your family and then you get home and it's time to do a record. And then you're, you know, for the record we put out before this, we were in Vegas for like two months and it's just, it's, it's just hard. And, and with technology and, and the knowledge that we've gained and everything, it's, it, you know, it's just, it's possible to do it here and it's, it's just as good and we have a great time. So you haven't found that having a studio in your home. Cause I feel like you hear either end of the spectrum where it's like recording at home actually has more drawbacks and setbacks because I can just stay home or I can go out and hang out with my friends when, you know, and there's those distractions versus when you go somewhere, you're more of the mindset because you traveled somewhere else. And it's like, I'm here to do a job. Um, You haven't found that to be the case with having the studio there that like there's different distractions or things you weren't anticipating a little bit. I mean, so this is, uh, I'm not a producer. So if we're up here working, uh, you know, like for, for the record, like I flew in Cameron Mizell, who's done a handful of Memphis records and, and he cut my vocals. So he was here and we had a certain amount of time to, to finish. So, um, it, you know, like if I was Kellen, you know, who actually ended up producing, mixing and mastering the new Memphis stuff, uh, from our band, Kellen, um, I think I would, I would struggle with that a little bit, you know, like having it be your space. And it's also tough to like, not feeling like you ever like leave the house. Cause you're like working in the house and everything, but this is my office, um, on top of being the studio. And, um, so, you know, I'm up here all the time anyways. And, and when it is crunch time, I think we're pretty good at, at staying focused, you know, how have you found, how have you found the pandemic, you know, where it now basically has afforded everyone, the time uh, to the time that everyone always says they don't have to do stuff, which I don't feel like has ever been an excuse you have probably ever used. Um, but in the pandemic, what has it afforded you the opportunities to do that maybe that you haven't had the time to do? Yeah. I mean, over the pandemic, we just got even more productive, you know, Kel- Kellen was riding like crazy and we were riding and um, I got heavily into barbecue, you know, as I'm sure you've seen on my Instagram and, um, just started working with like some really cool barbecue companies that are not just like great companies, but great people, you know, like it, it's such a cool thing to like get involved with something outside of music that still feels creative and it's something you can get good at and, and see that it's like an entire community in and of itself. So, you know, like the, there's guys, like a lot of guys and girls that just do barbecue. That's all they do. That is their full-time thing. And I've gotten to connect with a handful of them and, 
just learn from them and and it's it's been really cool you know I, traeger the the grill company that i use they flew me out to washington and i went all over the uh warehouse reserves like this like acres and acres and acres of private property that's beautiful with uh one of my barbecue idols up, that lives up there and just like we found cool spots and we cooked and we documented it and and uh, we made a whole video it'll come out pretty soon but it's just been like a cool thing to to get into so that and uh, house projects for sure so when i'm on tour Brittany always texts me and is like, oh my gosh, like this needs updating in the house, <laughs> but I'm not here seeing it every day. So I'm like, babe, it's fine. Like just, let's just like live with it. It's, it's great. And having been here more over the pandemic, obviously, um, I saw the things on a daily basis and I was like, yeah, that's pretty outdated. Like we should do something about that. Or you get inspired, you see somebody did something you're like, oh, I want to do that to my house too. And so we did a lot of like home improvement stuff as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, as, as terrible as the pandemic was and, and, as awful as it was for a lot of people, including us at times, right? Um, there were certain things about it that we didn't know we needed that we did need, you know, like time to really like do things um, that we never had the time to do before. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, the silver lining was was the productivity and things that we got to do that we never would have before. So, yeah. Yeah, I think when you started one of your many house projects is when I was like, I think you were painting the studio, actually. Yeah. And you were doing different stuff. And then I was like, yeah, I'm in the middle of taping off all my corners and edges and all that stuff to repaint my living room and the hallway. And I was like, you know, it wasn't until almost the very end. I think I made the joke to you. I was like, I realized it's essentially like um, taping off a screen for screen printing. And then I was like. So then I was like, oh, like for screen printing, we have like you use like these cards, not like credit cards, but like you can just use those to get your corners like crisp. And then as soon as I realized that, I was like, man, I could oh, could have had way crispier like edges and tr- on the trim. Than, like if I just would have remembered that and I was like, whatever. But in is hard. Oh, it's so stupid. It so hard. Uh, my mom's super good at it. And we actually hired a company because we had the entire inside of the house painted, um, which I don't recommend it. (laughs) Really? It is an unbelievable amount of work. Even if you're not the one painting, it's like moving out of your house and then moving back in. Yeah. Everything comes off the walls. Everything comes away from the walls. Um, And for us, I mean, we've got like TVs mounted and like all sorts of like permanent like fixtures and things that was just even not doing the painting job, like just doing your whole house at once is what I mean by saying I don't recommend it. Cause I mean, you just feel like you don't have anywhere to be like everything's covered in plastic. Can't use the kitchen. Can't like sleep in your bed. Like can't, you know, it was crazy. Um, but glad it's done now. And we definitely won't be doing it again anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've made the comment next time we decide to change any of the paint in the house or do anything I'm paying to have it done. Like I don't, I've done it three times now uh and i'm just no <laughs> my back can't you know handle really, it <laughs> you know what really get you is painting a ceiling oh i haven't had to do the ceiling a buddy of mine that does like general contract work was like because i was gonna do the ceiling he was like i just had a guy he bought like a whole bunch of extra white paint i'll come through and i'll do it but just like anytime you are the friend or the recipient of a hookup it's like you get it done on someone else's time that's and nice. Yeah, but it still hasn't happened because he's still busy. Okay. So I it's one of that. those. Or it's almost like tattoo artists where you're like, yeah, man, like you get the hookup when I'm not busy. And it's yeah, like, exactly, exactly. All right. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a job I, I, I really respect, man. I mean, like these guys come in and they're so good at what they do. But even even professionals like this was like a crew of like five guys or whatever. It still took 
um, you know, like almost a full week. Um, and you know, I had used, um, previously in the studio cause I had like a really similar, uh, uh like foam setup. I had used this double stick tape stuff for the, for the foam to hold it up to the walls. And when we took that off, we realized that that had ruined the walls and you couldn't even get the, the residue from the double stick tape off. So they had to come in here with power sanders and power sand all of those spots, the entire studio. And that took like an entire day in and of itself. And you come up here and like everything is covered in dust and it just <laughs> took forever to like clean it and everything. But, but yeah, man, we're looking back on that now. We're, we're really stoked that, um, that it's done. And also I'll tell you one more thing. And I don't, I, I didn't post about this or talk about it in any interviews or anything like that. Um, cause really nobody cares. We're on a podcast, so it's cool. Um, when we put the booth in, we ripped out the drywall up here and we ran XLR cabling through the walls up over the, you know, the beams in the ceiling and then down the wall again and into the booth so that we could just have, you know, hidden wires. And it would be like one XLR plate in the booth, one XLR plate behind my control station. And, uh, we got that whole thing done and they patched up the drywall and they, uh, started to paint. And we went and uh, I had a buddy of mine come over to like solder everything because he's really great at it. And he was like, hey, man, this is not XLR cabling. This is just like, <laughs> this is instrument cable. This is quarter inch. And I was like, there's no way. Like it came straight from Sweetwater. Here's the receipt. There's no way. And uh, he was like, no, it was a mistake. I called them up and they were like, I think one of our warehouse guys made the mistake. I'm talking, they had to come back out here and rip up all the drywall again because it was stapled in. The cable was stapled into the, the two by fours. And so they had to rip it all out, unstaple it, run the new wire, re-drywall and repaint. Ugh. Nightmare. Ugh. Absolute nightmare. Yeah. So that sounds terrible. I mean, I mean, do you and Brittany like watching like the HGTV shows, like flip, you know, like all the house hunters flipping houses and all that kind of stuff. Do you enjoy watching those kind of things? Man, we just don't watch TV like at all. Um, okay, we'll we'll pick we'll pick a show. We're, we're both so busy. I mean, Britt's borderline busier than I am. You know, I, I so at the end of the day, like if we have thirty minutes, um, there's a show called Shit's Creek that was like super funny, and we would like you know it was a short show, so we could kind of like rip through a quick episode and then hit the sack. But I mean, dude, we're we're um we're early morning risers. You know, we got to get up and get ahead of the day. So we're in bed usually like at like eight thirty, and then up at like four forty five. So at the end of the day, we're just like cooking. I'm filming the cook. We're eating, you know, like barely just kind of catch up and hit the sack and do it all over again. Weekdays are crazy for us. So, um, so yeah, it's just, uh, not a lot of TV, but we do like HGTV seems to be on always in like doctor's offices and stuff like that. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll catch it when, when we're like at a doctor appointment or something like that. Yeah. It was just kind of funny. Cause like I, it's sorry. My wife is actually texting me now. Um, yeah. And uh, it was one of those things, though, like where it's like I used to just not understand, like the allure of those shows. And then I swear, 90 percent of the time now, like we're watching, you know, house flipping shows, home remodeling, stuff like that. And you're just yeah. like it gets to the point now where it's like I feel like I've watched so much of it that it's like, you know, when we go to buy this house, we've been here for like 10 years and we've done a lot of little things. Right. Um but it was like one of those where I was like, okay, if we buy this house, this like a wall between the two bedrooms is going, we're making a giant master bath or master like bedroom with an ensuite. This wall will go, we'll do this. Da, 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 da. It's just like, well, how much do you think all that'll cost? It's like, Oh, the bathroom to like remove it, kind of move the plumbing over and all that. I'm probably figuring it'll probably be like 12, 15. And like, you know, now I'm even getting to the point on these shows where they're like, okay, whole gut in the bathroom. What do you think? And it's like, Oh, it's going to be blank. 
and like I'm off by like maybe a thousand dollars or something like that. And I'm like, oh my god, I've watched the show these shows too much. Like That's I awesome. already know like how much this stuff's gonna be. And you know, as you were kind of saying, like the oh, it ran this cable through, and I was like, oh, so like either you found like termite damage or something because like that's how those shows always go where they're like oh just do this one thing it'll be real easy and it'll look really great when it's done oh something happened and they found something was done wrong or whatever and then it's like you know Uh, more money and more time yeah we i mean that that too man we were we were just sitting in our uh master bedroom there's a couch in the corner and um I kind of looked to my left and I saw a couple bugs on the ground. I looked to my right and saw a couple bugs and I looked to my behind me and there's like a bunch of them. And I'm like, what's going on? I look up and there's literally hundreds of termites just falling out of a tiny little hole in our crown molding on the ceiling. Mm. And I was like, ah, so I run and I grab a ladder and all I could find in the garage, like in a, in like a snap was just, um, was wasp killer. So I, <laughs> I run back in and I just start soaking this hole and they're just like dying and they're falling down and they're, everywhere it would like happened in an instant so i had a guy come out and he's like yeah it's actually just a swarm you don't have like termite damage it's a swarm they can come in and just this little pinhole is the only problem so they had to put in all these like termite traps like all over my yard like all around the house and then they come out like once every few months and see how it's going or whatever but i mean i didn't even know this specific type of termite is like really bad in tennessee and we just never even thought about it. You know, we've had our house, our house was built probably 15 years ago or whatever. And so you don't think about the fact that like the original treatment that was done is no longer active. And so you just have, you have to do something about it sooner or later. So yeah, word of, of wisdom for anybody out there buying a new house in the South, man, or, or wherever, if there's termites, like just have them come out and put the traps in because it's a lot less expensive up front. Yeah. What a, you know, Cause I'm finishing up uh, that action Bronson show uh, that used to be on vice called fuck that's delicious where he goes around and it started where it was centered around him being on tour. And then he would go hit up all these spots, you know, from people yeah. that he's, you know, he's met over the years of touring. Right. I can totally see you doing something like that, or even kind of like a weird hybrid show of like, sort of like going around we're checking out you know, houses or we're fixing up our house. We're doing some different stuff. Yeah. And then whatever, like, have you thought or are there aspirations maybe when the band thing kind of slows down to kind of, excuse me, slowly integrate into doing something like that, where you're kind of parlaying one career into kind of another? Maybe. I mean, man, we, we, we do so many different things. I, I just, if, if, if the band is not my sole priority and focus, then I, I, I worry it'll just start to wither, you know, like I have to, I, I go into Memphis stuff, which is, I think, one of the reasons why we've been a band as long as we have. Um, I go into Memphis stuff feeling like, like do or die. Like, this works or it doesn't, period, you know? Um, and so it's it's just, I've never even thought about what comes next. I think we do enough things to to where, like, something will gradually maybe become the, the priority when I'm 55, you know? Um, I have no idea. Uh, but the goal is, I guess, just keep going and and, and you know? be better than ever before so well i mean to me that's the one thing that i i feel like is always is fun in following you on socials you know it's god it, it just it sounds so weird when you say things like that where you're like i feel like i know more about you because of what you allow us to see in your life and you know yeah. some people aren't as is open to that but it is one of those that like when i see it, i'm just like you know like when you started the grilling thing i was like all right like I, 
I know people who are into grills, like the big thing was the green egg. Like that was like yeah. the big thing for a little bit. And then, so when you got your, your Traegers, I was like, all right, what, what is this? And then as you were like cooking stuff, I was like, all right, let's kind of see like what Maddie's game's all about on, on the cooking front. And then it's like, you know, you're making stuff and it's just like, okay, like starting this like 12 hour, you know, slow cook, blah, blah, blah. And then here's this giant slab of meat with like certain seasonings and spices and, and you know, the, the whole gamut of what you need to do uh, to, to create these, these meals and so forth. And it's just one of those, like when I see it, I'm like, man, like I'm sure there's plenty of instances though of you trying and failing that we don't see just like you know with music and all that but it's one of those like where the perception is like is there anything you can't do very well at a high level or are you just wired to be one of those people who's like i'm gonna succeed at anything i put my mind to i think it was like this for me in school too if it's something i'm interested in then i can get good at it i think that's how it is for anybody you know what i mean like if you're interested in something you can get good at it um, it's the things that I need to be good at that I'm not interested in. They're the challenge, you know, um, just like stuff like mundane things that like, you know, adults are, are great at, you know, like really, really understanding all the ins and outs of like taxes and all this kind of stuff. It's like, if I'm like not interested, like you could be talking to me about it and I'm just like thinking about barbecue or I'm like thinking about music <laughs> or something, you know, um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think it's that way for anybody, man. I think anybody can be great at anything they want to be great at. And, um, which is why you'll see like kids failing in school, but being like incredible at video games, you know, it's because, you know, you're, you're going to be good at whatever you want to be good at. And it's just that it's, it's that for me, luckily, um, that's kind of branched into a few, few different, like weird things like men's grooming products and, you know, uh, you know, barbecue and music and, you know, my solo career and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, man, I, I just, I think anybody can do it. Anybody, especially barbecue. Barbecue is not a guessing game. Barbecue <laughs> is a science. Um, the most important tool in barbecue is not even your grill. It's your thermometer. You know, like you should have a really, really good quality instant read thermometer because there's a lot of different grills in the market. I, I stand by Traeger because I think they're the best in the game, but but there's a lot of different grills in the market that can take a cut of meat up to a certain temperature, but you just need to know what that temperature is if you want to serve it right, you know? And uh, if you know what temperature medium rare is or medium or however you like it or whatever, then then you can get it there. You can get it there anyway. You can get it there in the oven, in the cast iron pan or whatever you want to do. Um, but it all, it all comes down to internal temp. Sorry, I don't know how I got on that. Now I'm all like... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's like... So I spent a lot of time working in, you know like food and food industry and so forth. And so, you know, like the thing we always were taught was, you know, the inside of like the webbing of your hand from, I guess, let me get a better. So obviously up here, the tougher it is, that's going to be more like you're, you're well done. And then as you kind of get closer, like is more of your rare. Yeah. But it's, it's funny that like, to me, food just kind of makes sense. Like I've learned that like, you know, I have a good hand for a cup. Like if you need a cup of something, my hand is like the perfect size. I know what it is when I grab it. And I even had one of my like district managers once. He was like, you can't do that. Like you're setting a bad precedent. So I was like, I, it's a cup. Like yeah. I've spent time putting a cup into my hand. Like I know what it is. And so I went and grabbed a cup of something and I was like, and I filled up the cup and like, it was pretty much damn near level. That's and I was like, I know like my stuff when it comes to certain things like that. But what is funny is having worked at a steakhouse, like I'm getting, a little more quote unquote adventurous. Um, but like I was raised, you know, we eat steaks well done. And to a lot of people who eat steaks, that's blasphemous. It's burnt. There's no flavor. And it's one of those like where it is funny to watch people 
cook a well done steak that don't eat it. Yeah. Like I, and I like worked at a steakhouse and like someone I paid for a steak after I was done working and they just kept messing it up. It was like burnt. It was charred. And I'm like, and they're like, that's how it is. I was like, no, you can make a well done steak that still is like got the juices. It's it's like as soon as it runs clear, boom, pull it. And then like they're like, you think you can make one? And I was like, absolutely. I'll come back and make one. And I started, you know, wrote, like flipping it. And they're like, you're flipping it too much. And I was like, well, it's not like a medium or whatever where you can just leave it. Like it's got to cook. So like you got to keep moving it. You got to keep doing these things. And like yeah, right. and when I got done cooking it, I was like, look, it's still got the juices. It's like the juices are clear. It's well done. It's not burnt. It's not charred. Yeah. And I was like, and it's still good. And I was like, granted, I have learned to because people mess up my steaks. I've learned to eat medium well and even medium to a degree. But like, man, it's it's amazing how. And I would say like a lot of things, there's what people prefer and they only just that's their thing. And anything else outside of that is just so I can't even fathom how anyone would do that. And it's it's funny right. that when it comes to just something as mundane as cooking, how you still get people who will get all out of sorts about things. It's crazy, man. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of real uh, firm opinions out there uh, about everything. But but yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's cool. I love, love barbecue. I've loved getting to know it. Um, I'm doing a brisket this weekend, a big 23 pound Wagyu brisket this weekend. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but more than anything, man, I think what, what's so special about barbecue is just seeing your friends eat good food, you know, like community is everything for me. So, you know, at the end of the day, great food just means great times, you know, people enjoying themselves and, and eating quality food and, um, I'm very anti-factory farming and, uh, we, so, you know, what we eat is not that at all. Um, we use all like snake river farms beef and, um, I even like have done a lot of, uh, fish that my booking agent, Dave Shapiro has caught in Alaska, frozen it and overnight. And then, oh, I was gonna say he didn't fly it to you. <laughs> yeah, he does fly. You're right. He does fly, but no, he's just, he, he'll like catch fish, go, They'll package it, prepare it, send it to me, and I'll just get this box. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Uh, but yeah, man, that's, I don't know, it's probably enough about barbecue. I feel like I'm talking too much about it. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think that's, I mean, so one of the things that like one of our first experiences of you and I getting to really hang out in a limited capacity was that Atreyu run you did with uh, Ice Nine yeah. and them. And, you know, the first night of that tour we got to see um, was in a Pierre's in Fort Wayne. And, yeah. You know, the thing that was really cool about first of all, the one thing I really like about that green room is it's set up kind of in a, in a circular thing. So like all the, the quote unquote dressing rooms face each other. The main common area like faces out to everything like it's almost set up to where you have to interact with everybody that's in there in some capacity to create a little bit of camaraderie. Yeah. But the other thing that I really liked and I hadn't really seen on any tour that I've gotten to experience in that that kind of fashion where I like know someone and I'm kind of in in that world for a little bit was, uh, you know, Patrick making the drink of the, the day basically yeah. where he would do different drinks. And, yeah. you know, it was really cool getting to see all of you kind of tasting things. And like you were saying with barbecue and food, like the sense of community and the, and the bonding that you get to do. And I feel like, you know, I've walked away from that, that experience on that tour going like, I don't see that very often. And I feel like all of you on that tour, I see interacting with each other so much more just on social media. And I feel like if more bands would be open to that experience, I feel like there would be a lot more of a, an actual scene and camaraderie within it versus yeah. here's this band. That's their area. I, we barely see them, maybe one or two dudes and whatever, but I feel like that's the thing to me where it makes sense that you would get into 
you know, building a nice environment to house people to, and, you know, and being into barbecuing is that, you know, especially as a frontman, you're there to kind of entertain people and to bring people sure. together. So yeah. it makes sense that you would be passionate about something that is an offshoot of those things. Totally, man. And that tour was so awesome. Atreyu has been around for a long time. They have seniority. Um, they have, ac according to the the handbook of, of like guys that aren't the greatest or whatever, um, they have every right to just like not hang out and stay on their bus and like not you know, create that sense of camaraderie, but they did, man, every day they were such a good hang. Um, Iceland was so awesome to be around it, The whole, everyone on the, on the package was just so like cohesive and, and happy to be there. And the shows were awesome and it was great, man. They, uh, they actually used their own, like a tray used their own writer to like get the stuff that Pat needed to make the drinks and everything. And it was just like a great time. Um, but yeah, that was an awesome tour. And, and, I, my biggest fear, like going back out on the road now in, in, in relation to like the camaraderie of tours and everything is that it just seems like political differences and opinions and everything has separated our world and our country and our relationships like so much that I don't want to see that get into the behind the scenes stuff of touring, you know, like people can say whatever they want from stage and, and have their opinions, obviously, but I just hope that like you know, people with differing opinions or, uh, you know, views can still like have a great time on tour together and be there for the same reason, which is music. It's at the end of the day, it's music, right? It's not your, your political opinions. And so I just, uh, I just hope, I hope for the best with that. Yeah. And, and I know there's a bunch of bands out there that we will we'll be able to just have like an amazing time with, but I just, I want to see it. I want to see it be a space for, building each other up and, and not breaking each other down, you know, in one way or another. So, yeah. You know, kind of speaking to, I guess, a little bit more of sense of community and just kind of, you know, brotherhood of, of music, you know, you <laughs> seemingly have built up just this collection of friends that live near you. Like, you know, Cody from a uh, wage war constant right. collaborator and all that kind of stuff is. I feel like with having something like that in your house, is there just a, an influx of creativity of, you know, like maybe like sitting around just had a good meal. And then like, maybe someone's got like Cody's got an acoustic or whatever. And you're like, that's yeah. cool. I got something for that. And then you're like, let's, let's go upstairs real quick and just go jot that idea down. Like, is yes. that, yeah, absolutely. Even to the point where like, we'll like at the end of the night, we'll come up here and write like a rap song or whatever, you know, and just like have like a, a good time. Everyone's like spitting verses and just like having fun. It's so cool, man. I mean, I would say literally no, no exaggeration. We have a hundred people in this area that we hang out with on a regular basis. There's always people over. We're always doing stuff. And Brittany and I don't have kids. Um, and, and so I think that like, that's that like longing, like to nurture or whatever comes out in our community. Like we love to nurture the people around us, you know, some of my best friends, Cody's actual childhood best friend bought the house directly across the street from me. When I look out <laughs> this window, it's his house. So we're like always like doing stuff to houses and buying grills and having fun. And like, you know, he just got this like flat top grill, this Blackstone grill or whatever. And he's like, learn how to make hibachi on it. And I mean, like, dude, it's just, it's just a great time. And, and yeah, a lot of creativity comes from that, that like, um, that like joke song that we wrote about wearing Crocs and socks and everything like happened just like that. You know, like we were sitting at Mylon's old house and, uh, Cody had the acoustic or whatever. And I just like started singing this like ridiculous lyric about wearing Crocs with socks. And we were like, we should actually make that a song. And we did. And then I was like, we're never going to put that out. 
that wouldn't be smart. Um, <laughs> people are going to take it seriously. And Cody's like, we have to put it out. I'm like, no. And then we shot a music video just for us. And it was hilarious. And we had it for like a year. And then he was like, put it out. I was like, all right, we'll put it out. And then uh, lo and behold, a lot of people took it seriously. <laughs> and, and some people really do genuinely enjoy the song as a serious song, which is absolutely mind blowing to me. But it was uh, fun to make. It was, it was hilarious. Well, I feel like there's, in a lot of the things that you present, I feel like there's always just a, a very authentic uh, vibe, even when it's a joke like that. Yeah. There's, I, I still feel like I, you know, like I was saying earlier, I don't think that you're capable of doing something to where even if it's a joke, it still doesn't have some sort of integrity behind it that you have to have in anything you do because you're like, my name's still on this, even if it's a joke. So yeah. even as a joke, it still has to live up to a certain standard. And don't get me wrong. The band is a joke. The content of that song is very real. That's right. what we do. There's a place called Froggies that has the best chicken tenders in all of Tennessee. We go there every Friday night. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of that is like real. It's just a funny thing to write a song about. And I never expected to like, you know, for people to hear it. But it was just it was funny, man. And people like people were like posting us in pictures of their Crocs and everything. It was just hilarious, man. So we had a great time doing that. And who knows? Maybe we'll make another one. I don't know. Is there, did Crocs ever reach out to you to be like, Hey, here's some, some free product for the, the song. Bro, did, it get, Crocs, did it get that far? Crocs posted the video on their Instagram, their Facebook and their Twitter. And then sent us like 38 pairs of Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I am dead serious. So that's uh, always great when when those kind of things happen, when other people kind of can get in on the joke a little bit. It was wild, bro. And uh, a relationship that I should probably continue to nurture. I need to hit them up and just be like, thanks again. Because that was it was crazy. It was uh, it was amazing. We actually did photos that never came out of us just like laying in like a giant pile of, of Crocs. And uh, like, you know, like the the white girl kind of like Daisy thing where like you all lay in like with your heads all touching in like a circle or whatever <laughs> of all time. Uh, but we have those photos. Maybe maybe I'll post one of those today now that we're talking about it. What is uh, what is something, you know, obviously you talked about, you know, with the studio being in your house and literally being able to create something when an idea just even comes into your head. You know, you touched on doing a rap song. You, you know, obviously did uh, Crocs and Socks and or Socks and Crocs. And uh, it's one of those like where I feel like what is what is something that maybe you've been working on that people wouldn't assume you would be into that you've been working on maybe creatively, musically? So um, Kellen and I signed writing deals with BMG. So we're writing for other artists now. Mm hmm. Um, and that's something I haven't talked a lot about. Um, I'm managing two different pop artists here in Nashville and writing with them as well. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, I guess the most unsuspecting thing would be that we're writing for other bands and other artists now at this point. So, and it's been cool. Been really cool. It's funny. I, uh, I said this, I said this and I didn't, it, it's funny because as you were kind of talking about like the community you have, which is literally right around you and you know, like how deep your <laughs> crew is. So when I was talking to Jason from breaking Benjamin and uh, in love and death uh, heads, other band at one point I, at the end of the episode, I think I was like, I was like, has anyone ever told you that like the old me sounds a little bit like the diary of Jane? Like, 
part of the structure of it. And I was like, and I kind of realized after hearing that I go, and then my wife was playing like a motionless and white song. And I was like, man, that's another like breaking Benjamin style sounding like riff. Like a lot of bands are kind of like pulling from the like influence from none, even though a lot of the, of those fans would be like, Oh, breaking Benjamin sucks. And he goes, yeah, it's funny. Uh, you're not the first person to mention that. He goes, I've given uh Maddie's, you know, a little bit of grief here and there. And he goes, you know, cause like I know Cody and like, we're friends. And I was like, Oh, and I felt like I put my foot in my mouth. I was like, of course, like Nashville, I forget how like tight knit it is. Like, if you know, yeah. one person, you know, everybody out there. And it's been funny through you and I doing this a couple of times. Like, you know, I've had Cody on, I've had Jason on, I've had a handful of people that inevitably somehow link back to you. And I'm like, man, like, are you just like the most connected dude in the scene? And just like, no one knows it. I don't know, man. I just, I love great people. Jason is a beautiful human being. Uh, Cody's a beautiful human being. We just like, man, we've been blessed with like cool people. You know, we just, we have a lot of cool people around us and, and we like to host, you know, um, I had the other night, uh, I say the other night, but it was a few months ago or whatever. I ended up, I was making hot dogs, but they were like, you know, like all beef, like Wagyu hot dogs or whatever. And I just decided to like text, um, Chris Caraba and I was like yo dude I was like I'm making some hot dogs you want to come over and he's like yeah he's like I'm a vegetarian and I was like okay cool I'll make you like a vegetarian chili or whatever and then um head from from corn texted me and was like what are you doing tonight I'm like I'm making hot dogs you want to come over so, he, uh, <laughs> so head and, and Chris Caraba both came out the same night for like the least exciting meal I've ever made like <laughs> and some hot dogs and we were just like sitting around the fire or whatever and you know, Chris is like a big corn fan too or everything. So it's cool for them to get to be able to meet. And then my wife and I went to head, head opened up like a, like a, a spa here in Spring Hill where we live. And it's like, um, they do like cryotherapy and, and, uh, and like floating tanks, you know, like saltwater floating tanks or whatever. So we went out and did that and it was, it was awesome. Um, but it's just cool, man. I mean, I think that, you know, rad people gravitate towards rad people. And it's just been awesome to get to know a lot of people that live here that would, that you wouldn't think live here, you know? Yeah. I, I know. Uh, so when the Deftones put out their whiskey tequila, I should say when the Deftones put out their tequila, Nashville was like one of the few places that had it, like where people were like, Oh, it's here. And so I started calling around and I forgot that, uh, Matt Dice that used to play for all their remains and CKY had moved out there. And so I hit him up. I was like, Hey, if I can find a bottle and like, can I PayPal you to go get it? And then, you know, basically send it to me. But it was like one of those where I was like, God, everyone is moving down there. And I haven't been, I haven't been down there since I was in like middle school, like on a random trip. But I think my wife and I, it's Nashville and, and, you know, different parts of Tennessee are kind of on the, on the agenda of places to hit totally. now as an adult. Cause I feel like it would be a lot of fun. And I'm just going to do what I always do, which is eat around everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Me too. How, yeah, sure. how did you find that experience of doing the uh, In Love and Death uh, live stream? It was cool, man. It was really cool. Um, I was nervous because there was a guest vocalist on that song that is not me. And I was doing some of their parts. I was doing some of Head's parts. Um, and then we just kind of like alternated or whatever. And it's like this, like an insanely like fast kind of like rappy screaming part. And I was like, I'm just gonna have to improvise and do this a little different because I'm not like, you know, I can't like, you know, um, <laughs> but it was, it was really cool, man. I mean, those guys are all like, first of all, like head is a sweetheart, a uh, new Absolutely. friend, but a great friend. Jason is a sweetheart. And Isaiah who plays drums for them works for the company that painted my house. 
Oh, and okay. So like he was here like every day while we, you know, like while we were having the house painting. And I've known him for years. He was in another band before. Phineas. Uh, it's spoken even before that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Who, you know, like my buddy Scoop, who I grew up with was in and, and all that. So it's just like a lot, you know, a lot of connections there. So we had a great time, man. And Lacey was there, which was awesome. And I know Keith was there as well. He's great. Um, but man, yeah, it was just really cool. Really cool time. Kind of been wrapping up. Cause I know I got you for a couple more minutes. Are you, uh, are you going to plan on bringing out uh, some barbecuing things to, to grill out on the road and kind of bring a little bit of that camaraderie to, uh, to the tours that you guys are going to be doing? And, or is there that something? Is absolutely no way I won't be doing that. I will, <laughs> I will have like Traeger sent me a grill for touring. Oh, wow. It's legs fold up and it will fit right into a little bus bay um, that you can, you can guarantee that if you find our bus on tour, you're probably going to see me barbecuing out there. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to have to like hook up the VIP on that and pay extra yeah. to get some, some meat. Oh bro. It'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we'll do it for like, for like meet and greets. We've had that talk, you know, um, but it would just be like an absurd amount of work every day to feed that many people. And the grill that I'll bring is called a tailgater. Um, there's only certain things that you could put on there that could feed a large group, like, you know, maybe a half brisket or whatever, even then it would be a few bites, you know, like I'll probably cook, I'll probably cook for like, you know, 10 to, to 15 people a day, you know, like the people that are like on the tour and, and stuff like that, but it'll be a good time regardless. Fair enough. Well, just dash my dreams of finally getting Manny Mullins to cook me some meat. <laughs> we'll get you we'll get you out there you can come out and and we'll uh we'll do something we'll do some chicken wings or something something fun sounds good uh thank you again for taking the time enjoy the rest of your day and uh hopefully like i said when the new album is ready to be announced and all that stuff well uh, do another one of these always fun chatting with you so stoked likewise man thank you for having me Thank you. So that was my really loose conversation with Matty Mullins. Want to thank him again for taking the time. Uh, had a lot of fun. Like I said, some, sometimes as you get older, this is just kind of what you do. You just kind of talk about house projects. And, and you know, in light of the pandemic, you know, it was really interesting kind of getting to hear, you know, for someone that's on the road constantly, you know, just being able to take the time and, and spend time with friends and family and reconnect and kind of unwind a little bit, but also finding the time to work. And get stuff done. You know, I, I, I'm interested to hear some of these songs that have been worked on with some of the musician friends that, you know, basically live around him. I know Cody from uh, Wage War lives literally across the street from him. Uh, they're constantly collaborating. Uh, it was kind of cool getting to hear how he uh, has become friends, you know, with uh, Brian from Corn and, and some of the others, you know, with Isaiah being uh, in, you know, working with them and, and working with... Uh, and Love and Death and so forth now. Uh, to, to them just being like, oh, what are you up to? I'm just making hot dogs. <laughs> um, sometimes it really does just kind of be like that. Uh, so really want to take the time and thank Maddie again. And I'm going to take another sip of this uh, margarita beer to keep the heat from outside my window at bay. And uh, I'm going to wrap this episode up. This was a really quick, easy chat, so there's really no need to just overcomplicate it with so many grandiose things or anything like that. So if you would like to keep up with Maddie Mullins, Simple enough, Instagram and Twitter at Maddie Mullins. If you'd like to keep up with Memphis Mayfire, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Memphis Mayfire, or go to memphismayfire.com and keep up with everything they got going on. They just released two new singles, Death Inside and Blood and Water. I would assume an album is probably not too far behind, but I have no idea. So go over to YouTube, though. You can check out their new videos as well for those two new songs. Um, and uh, lastly, uh, everything for this podcast. Uh, BruceBeatPod.com is the landing page for everything this podcast. Uh, 
all of our socials over there. Really quickly, want to thank all the patrons that have been coming on. Uh, Craig and Sarah, thank you again for signing up. Uh, hopefully a few more of you. I know I've been talking to some of you. You're interested and you're just waiting for payday and all that kind of stuff. Totally understand. If it's going to entice you to sign up, not only do we have the weekly breakdown of the weekly playlist that I've been curating, but I also, as of when I'm recording right now, just put up the first two episodes of the new side podcast, what I learned from a podcast, podcast. Um, essentially what it is, is me, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts still in addition to doing my own and I'm constantly, you know, thinking of something that I learned, like heard from a different podcast and, you know, or maybe there's a part of a conversation that I have with someone that's just stuck with me in it. And then it correlates into something I was listening to on another podcast. So it's really just a, a an excuse to kind of keep the conversation going or to kind of go further into a conversation that I've been thinking about and, and been having with others uh, throughout the week. And it's been fun. They're, they're, very in the moment. It's a one take thing. It's not overproduced. It's, it's, it's lack of production really. Um, but it's really about just thinking, uh, and carrying on the conversation, you know, something about the medium of podcasting itself is, is a return back to conversating and, and kind of sharing one's ideas, beliefs, thoughts, uh, gaining tribal knowledge from other people. And, you know, this is when I started this podcast, this was actually the podcast I wanted to do, which is what I learned from a podcast because the content is ever present. And I've just decided that with the Patreon, you know, I want to start doing stuff that I think adds value to those who want to donate essentially to the podcast to help me offset some of the, the costs of everything. And it's uh, one of those where I'm having fun doing it. I haven't gotten any feedback because like I said, I literally just posted them about 25 minutes ago. So I'm excited for people to find them. I'm excited to get some feedback from it. And uh, speaking of feedback, email me brutally speaking at gmail.com. Uh, let me know what you think of, uh, the episode you're hearing and, uh, just keep the conversation going. I, I want to be more active with all of you who are listening. So, uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to me blab. Thanks for the support of the show over the last five years, almost and 300 plus episodes. Uh, really enjoying this feeling like the show is kind of hitting a new stride and there, and there's a lot of new things on the horizon. I promise you. Um, so thanks again, and I will see you all next week where the guest is Andrew Michael Wells of Idola and Dance Gavin Dance. That is an episode you are not going to want to miss. Uh, sneak peek, though. If you're a patron, you can already watch it and or hear it. It's already up. As well as the episodes I've done with Justine from Employed to Serve and Sean Cooper of Stray Light Run and Taking Back Sunday. Again, if you want to hear all these episodes, go to the Patreon. You can hear them for as little as $3 a month, or you can watch the videos for $5 a month. Uh, and again, we have the $10 tier where you can uh, get all the access to everything as well as doing a monthly Patreon hangout. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, yep, I'm done. I'm done chilling. I'm done doing all that stuff. Enjoy the rest of your week. I'm going to go see Kanye West do the Donda listening party in Chicago tomorrow as I'm recording this. So I'm going to have a good fucking time. That's why I'm doing all this right now. So everything is ready to go on my end. Enjoy your week. I will enjoy mine. See you next week.